Hi, this is Andrew. And this is Alex. We play in Life Lessons, and you're listening to Spinning Thoughts. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 104 of Spinning Thoughts. This is Angelo coming at ya, and I want to thank you, everybody who is here for the midnight premiere on Adobe Radio. I say it every week, and I say it because I appreciate it. You know, midnight is late for some people. It is. I remember as a kid, midnight being super late. And then, you know, for a while it was like, you know, I partied until, you know, the sun came up. And now midnight starts to feel a little late for me again. So I don't know what category you fall in. So thank you for being here for the Adobe premiere. We premiere episodes every Thursday at midnight on Adobe Radio. So make sure you check it out. And just to let you know, those premiere episodes then drop everywhere on all platforms the following Monday. So be aware. There you go. I just informed you. Now, I feel like it's been a minute since I've talked to you all because it's been about a minute or so. So I'm very excited for this next band. I've had my eyes on them for a little while and and then they jumped on, you know, a pretty badass tour and then they they dropped a pretty badass and a really badass EP recently. And I said, shit, I have got to get them on the show. And look, I did it. I don't know why they said yes, but they did. So Everybody, please help me in welcoming. We've got Andrew and Alex from Life Lessons. Dudes, what's up? Hey, man. Not too much. How are you feeling right now? I know we were talking off the air. You are in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're excited. Portland's, Portland's really cool. It's, it's, uh, the Pacific Northwest is like my favorite part of the country. Um, it's just really gorgeous up here, and the, the vibes are always good, and the people are always... Uh, always friendly and um it's a lot of fun to play here gentlemen what i want to do we have a lot to cover so on september the 8th the band life lessons released its third correct me if i'm wrong third ep titled best when in motion right this is the third one yeah Yeah. this is all factual information (laughs) okay so my people are giving me the right stuff i like to make sure now i can trust it from here on out i'll trust what i'm seeing so the day it came out, there was, I saw it on my Twitter feed, there was an insane amount of buzz that I was seeing on the socials for it. I know a lot of the time, uh, there, there's a lot of time and effort that goes into putting, you know, into a, a solid collection of music. And if anyone's ever listened to this EP, you'll hear the passion and the grind behind it. So it's been out for just under three weeks. I think the th- the three week hit uh, or the three week mark is this Friday coming up. So it's been three yeah. weeks. Talk to me about how you guys are feeling now that it's out. Now that people are jamming it, and and I'm sure you're getting feedback. What what's it been like? Uh, it feels good. I th- it feels like people are responding to the the new stuff well. Um, there's, there've been some kids at shows that kind of already know the words to, to some of the songs and everything. Um, it's been good. People have said a lot of really nice things and, um, we're pretty grateful that, you know, something we worked hard on is, uh, so many people seem to be responding well to. Give me some general background. I, I have a lot of fans actually that are really intrigued and interested in kind of like the back end, uh, side of creating an album so give me just some of like that background that general background with with this ep where was it recorded who was involved how long had you guys been writing and working on it how long were you in the studio anything like that give me some insight there uh we started writing most of it uh right when we got back from tour with a home safe so probably starting mid-february late february is when we really started to write these songs uh there are like a few parts that were kind of floating around that we tried to piece together while we were on tour but we didn't get much writing done on that tour but we took some of those ideas that we had and started the writing process with those the main one was like the first single we put off attention to detail uh our vocalist caden had the intro chords already 
but we just couldn't make anything of it. And then when we got home, you know, we were feeling a lot more inspired and a lot less tired. <laughs> and that's how that came about. So we started writing it after that tour. And then this writing process, we did it pretty much all just in a living room. Like the songs came together very organically, just like a jam session, just, you know, over the span of like a few months. And, uh, wrote the songs, pretty much had them all written. Bury It uh, was probably halfway done when we entered the studio. We went and recorded at uh, the Barbershop Studios at uh, on Lake Hopatcong in New Jersey. I think it's Jersey's like biggest lake. But uh, there have been some really awesome things that came out of there. Like I think Sorority Noise recorded their new album there. Free Throw. Yeah, Free Throw did their new album there. Damn, like, and Ron that's a, that's a great album, Free Throws, by the way. Yeah, so good. that one was super good. And so the guy that we ended up working with was uh, Brett Romnus. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. also did Free Throw record, and he plays drums in, like, I Am Davalanche, Crime and Stereo, and then wow. The Movie Life, which also just put out a full length, which is awesome. Oh, I know. I was so happy. I was so happy. That just dropped, I think, last week? Yeah, yeah, it was, like, super recent. We actually just listened to the whole thing, uh, like, 30 minutes ago or something. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, lots of good music coming out, and certainly Best Win in Motion is up there. So, I got a nice little press release from your peeps, and in it, I learned the band had previously self-released two EPs. Best When yeah. in Motion is the first going through... And I'm actually curious about this dynamic. It's the first going through Triple Crown, and you did this. And I'm, I, I, I hope I'm not embarrassing myself when I say this, but I'm not super familiar with you did this. So maybe you can elaborate that on a second or in a second. But talk to me about the difference in in this process and growth. Like when you look at it from the two self releases to now. You worked with a label to to drop this. I mean, talk to me about that dynamic. Uh, it's been good. Uh, putting out, it's it's kind of cool having somebody that's kind of like able to fund your recording and have your back with yeah with stuff. It's made like kind of a lot of the a lot of the process a lot easier. We just really all we had to really worry about it felt like was just making the best record we could, and all the other stuff would kind of fall into place. Like with self releasing, we sometimes had to. You know, it was like, all right, well, we're going to have to spend X amount of money on studio time, which means we're not on tour and like we're at home working day jobs yeah. for so much time. Um, but with the label and stuff, that just makes every it makes everything easier and you can really just focus in on uh, just making the best thing you can, which was which was really cool for us. It's been a really uh, positive experience overall, I would say. So what is that dynamic then with Triple Crown, which I am super familiar with? I work with them a lot and a lot of their bands that they represent. What is You Did This? Um, you Did This is like part of Triple Crown. It's like a imperfect as far as I understand it. Okay. I'm, I'm going to have to do more research, I guess. That's the first time I – because when it was presented, it was like Triple Crown slash You Did This. So uh, new to yeah. me, but I like to learn, guys. So thank you for the learning opportunity. Yeah. You yeah. Did This like – we also uh, did a Heart Attack Man's yeah. record. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like a sect of Triple Crown that our booking agent, Jason Parent, helps run. He brings uh, some of his bands that he works with uh, onto that. So So they're not always synonymous with one another? Uh, I mean, I guess they are right now, just in the sense that there are only really two bands on You Did This, and that's us and Heart Attack Man. Okay. But it's like very much run just through triple crown records there's not a lot of like uh division between the two they're very hand in hand it's just you know fred feldman at triple crown and then jason parent with you did this and they just work very kind of work together on on stuff and our release and everything so yeah collaboration is the key to success so that is very very cool Looking back now, you've been working on these tracks for some time and you've, you know, you've tracked them in the studio. I'm sure you've listened to demo after demo and blah, blah, blah. Now everyone else is listening to them. But when I ask this question, I want you to really think about this. 
I'm not asking necessarily what your favorite song is on the EP. I'm curious to know what track the both of you individually are most proud of and for what reason. For example, maybe one was just like crazy hard to track due to the intricacies of the guitars or whatever. I mean, what track are you both individually most proud of? Uh, probably for me, it'd probably be Barry. It. Barry, it's like a really different kind of thing for us. Just we had half of it going into the studio and we had to take a like half a day or something to really finish it up. But the way we did it was just kind of like four of us minus our vocalist in the live room, just jamming and kind of hashing out like how we were going to do that rest of the song. And then Brett would help kind of like push us like, Oh, maybe we add like the ride symbol in here for this much time. And then we do this and we really just intricately kind of constructed the rest of the song. And it wasn't something I think we would have done had we just written it while we were in the living room. And it's a different feel, I guess, from the rest in some of the ways. And it's, it's real chill. It gets to like a real chill buildup and then it kind of like explodes at the end, which is like the explosion is very much like our kind of thing, but the buildup was really different and uh, just constructing that and going through it. And it's, it's been one of the more hyped up songs that people are into. And so that's been really awesome that uh, people have been accepting that kind of change. It kind of, it makes me comfortable, you know, going forward when we eventually do a full length, being able to have all that room to kind of branch out and try new things. People are responsive and accepting of us trying, you know, maybe a darker sound or like chill. Just the more dynamic balance has been awesome. And, and I'm trying to decipher the voices here. It is difficult at times on the phone. Was that Andrew? That was Alex. Damn it. God damn it. I hate when I'm wrong. All right. So uh, that was Alex. So, Andrew, give me your insight. Um, I would probably mostly agree with that. I mean, uh, attention to detail is probably like my favorite one to play just because the bass parts are fun. Um, but, uh, uh, I think bury it is probably the song that I'm most proud of too, just because I think we like, we tried something we definitely wouldn't have tried on like the last EP, um, with the build up part at the end. And I think, you know, how like it builds and how the vocals kind of sit over it with the, the dual vocal thing. Um, that that's something we like really wanted to uh to to push hard for in our sound, and I think um that with uh the more dynamic uh writing on the end of that song, it was just like it wasn't something we would have done a year ago, so it was fun to put that together and be like, okay, well we can try new things now and branch out, but still have it be us. Um. So I think that's that's probably what I'd be most proud of. So we've been talking about it. Why don't we listen to it? Everyone, I'm really excited. Right now, we're going to jam out to Bury It off the latest EP, Best When in Motion, from Life Lessons. Enjoy. Can't say I won't, but I can say that my own. 
So you just finished listening to Bury It off the latest EP, Best Win in Motion from Life Lessons. So transitioning into this next segment, right now, like literally right now, Life Lessons is touring the goddamn country. And I, I'm, I like literally mean like the most extensive tour in the States one can imagine. It's for part two of Four Years Strong's 10th anniversary tour of Rise or Die Trying. And for those who don't know much about this tour, uh, listen to who else is on it. We, we've, <laughs> we've got Seaway, who just dropped an insanely good album. We have Like Pacific, friends of the show, we've had them on. And, I mean, ugh, Grayscale, come on. Uh, again, one of my favorite albums of 2017, uh, this is just a stellar lineup, and it's just nasty as hell. You're basically at the halfway point, I think, of this tour. Are you guys doing the entire run? Yeah. Yep. We're doing the damn thing. Oh, my God. How has it been so far? You're, like, right at the halfway point. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's a lot bigger scale than anything we've really done before. Um, which it can can't get much bigger than this. Uh, Unless you're headlining. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's been really fun. All the bands are, are great, and we're just, like, really happy and grateful to be on the tour. Um, the shows have just all been really fun. We played Seattle last night. That was super sick. Uh, we're just – it's been very fun. It's been very exciting for us, um, getting in front of a lot of new people and, and trying to, to turn heads and win some people over. It's been, it's been a blast. Talk to me about the dynamic of the bands on this run and why it works so well. Uh, you know, it's really interesting. The way I kind of view this tour lineup, it's kind of this interesting generational thing. Uh, us and Grayscale open it, and we're two bands that, you know, just recently kind of signed. And then after that, you have like Pacific and Seaway, and those are some good Canadian boys. and. You know, they've been at it for a while. And, uh, I mean, I saw Like Pacific, you know, open up for the Census Fail Tour not too long ago, the Still Searching tenure. And yeah. that was an awesome tour. We played with them a couple of years ago. Yeah, we've, we've yeah. played with uh, Like Pacific kind of scattered throughout our, like, history as a band, just every now and then in Oklahoma and everything. Uh, but it's interesting because Seaway and Like Pacific, you know, they've kind of been grinding more. They've been around longer they've established themselves more they have a bigger fan base and then uh after that you have four years strong which they're the band you know that's been around the longest because they're doing the rise or die 10 year tour so it's it's really interesting going from like the new kids on the block opening to like you know the kind of more worn down road more dogs like veteran and then you have you know the dads of four years strong <laughs> Which is great because I don't mean that in any you know rude way. Oh, but, of like, course they not. are fathers. <laughs> yeah, no, of course not. I mean, hey, at some point, you know, we all we all grow up, you know. And the fact that they're still doing it, and the fact that it still resonates and impacts and inspires not just fans but bands, I, I, I mean, that's a shit ton to be proud of. I, this tour, I, you know, this tour started out in part one, like early in 2017, and I and I talked to some bands on that tour. Uh, on that run, and and I was just blown away at, at at the just the longevity of it. And here we are in part two. I mean, yeah. What band? I can't think of another, at least within the, the United States. I've been I, I've been trying to think of a tour that has extended more, uh, like markets, demographics, and just simply the country more than this. Uh, can you guys think of one? Uh, I don't know. They're going to a lot of. They're going to like South America and 
in Australia and stuff for this. I don't, like, I don't know what the routing is like for the U2 Joshua Tree Tour, but <laughs> that's like the only thing I guess. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe maybe you are right, but still, this is a badass tour that is, honestly, I mean, yeah. if, if anyone likes any one of the bands or all of them or whatever on, you know, this lineup, basically you have an opportunity or had, you know, if it's already passed to, to see them. Cause it's been literally from, from coast to coast, from North to South. So pretty impressive stuff. Uh, what's been one of the best experiences that you two have had so far? I'm sure there's been a lot, but uh, what, what stands out? Uh, I mean, there are a lot of really awesome experiences. I don't know. It's kind of like the small things for me that I really love and latch on to. Like last night in Seattle, before we loaded all of our stuff in, there was just like a record store right by the venue. And I went in there and found uh, like a bootleg CD of like a live 1996 Nine Inch Nail show when they were on tour with David Bowie. Wow. So like, yeah, at the end of it, David Bowie comes out and does like a few songs with uh, Trent Reznor and the rest of the guys. And that's like, a tour that when I started getting into music, my uncle, uh, he was like, I guess in college when that tour happened and he like always told me about it. And I was like, wow, that's like such a concept. That is so wild that someone like David Bowie toured with nine inch nails. And so I got like really excited that I found that and uh, like notified my uncle and like everyone else I've known that went to see that tour. Cause it's just such a cool piece of history. Like I love music history. So that, and then, we went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as well, and that was, like, a very inspirational trip. That was really cool. Was that your first time there? Yes, it was. Was there? A... I, I don't it'll be my last. <laughs> I've been there a few times. I'm a lot closer to it than Oklahoma, or, I mean, you guys are always traveling, but I'm a lot closer to it in Pittsburgh. But it, Was there a particular exhibit that you saw that just really kind of blew your mind? When I went last, they were, like, featuring... Uh, the Beatles, I want to say, and and th that's one of my yeah. favorite bands of all time. So that was incredible. Was there what was like the feature there, or what was one of the exhibits that just really caught your attention? Uh, they had like some really great Beatles stuff. They had like Ringo's kit that he used so much. Yeah. Uh, all of that, and then they had some cool like Rolling Stone stuff. They had like a really huge like John Mellencamp slash yeah, John Cougar John Mellencamp. Mellencamp, I think, was it. like a big thing. Uh. And then some of the other stuff, like the handwritten lyrics portion was really awesome. There was like some clash yeah. in there. And uh, they had a really cool like punk section from like, yeah. from like New York City and stuff. And they had like D.D. Ramone's bass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like Joe Strummer's guitar. And it was so cool. Yeah. And they had like a few of like Bowie's outfits. And then the the segment that was for hip hop was really awesome. And then they had like a, a modern part and they had like some outfits from like fallout boy which was really interesting and, and taylor like, swift yeah that was one yeah the weekend let me ask you guys a question and i'm curious about this there's people who are offended that some artists like taylor swift and you know just some that like you mentioned there's like a hip-hop section there's a lot of people who get offended that they are in a rock and roll hall of fame for me personally I don't care. Uh, I, music is music, and I get that it says Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but really rock and roll kind of started everything. So I think you could just kind of even base the roots there, and maybe that's why. But how, how do you guys feel about that? I'm curious. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, the first thing you kind of see when you walk in there is the kind of like the precursors. So they're talking about like country music and soul music um, and, and R&B, like everything that kind of made – in the blues and every Robert Thompson, all that stuff that like developed into rock and roll, right? And influenced rock artists. So, I mean, at that point, you're already like acknowledging that it's not going to be down the straight and narrow. And I mean, I think it's I'm, there's nothing wrong with like pop music. Pop music can be good if yeah. pop music is good. And like, I, I think like uh, a big thing about music, you know, and the way that it's perceived is the context of the other music at the time. So, like, when I'm listening to a band like Black Sabbath with my friends, you know, now they're like, oh, it's not that heavy. But like, if you put it in context of the music that was coming out at that time period, like <laughs> it was extremely heavy oh, at yeah. that time. Yeah. And still yeah. can be like, 
yo, let's listen to like Fleetwood Max Rumors, just like, okay, cool. And then you put on something like Sabbath or like Judas yeah. Priest, and it's like, yo, this is like evil, you know? <laughs> and I think that, again, with like hip hop, you know, it's just like, it's a peanut butter chocolate thing. Like, <laughs> so many things just like come together. Like, a good example is like Aerosmith and Run DMC yeah, yeah. doing Walk This Way. And then like, you know, later on, I think in the 80s or early 90s, Anthrax did a cover of, uh, oh, what was that? Uh, Bring the Noise by Public Enemy. And then Anthrax and Public Enemy did, like, a giant tour yeah, uh, and would, like, play that song at the end. So, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there are so many genres that influence each other. Like, everyone has their spot, and rock and roll isn't, like, anything, like, discriminatory. I mean, everything that rock is based off of is you know, not what it's perceived as today because it's just a bunch of, you know, old blues musicians and it's like... Yeah, and it's, it's like you can't really... I feel like you can't play the genre game too hard at the Rock Hall when you're like... Like Metallica stuff is like right across from like Bruce Springsteen stuff. Like yeah. that's completely different yeah. sounding thing. So we, uh, we are on the same page and I appreciate it. Everyone listening, I would love for you to let us know what you think about that topic. You can tweet... Us at Spin Thoughts and Life Lessons at Life Lessons OK. Let us know what you think. We are absolutely curious. So now on the again on the topic of touring, I do tend to digress, but great topic. Uh, what what are a few things that you cannot tour without beyond the obvious things that you need to tour in a band? Uh, I've got like a a CD case that I bought from half price books in high school. And, uh, <laughs> I still buy physical copies like CDs and vinyl. And, uh, so I'll bring this just like giant CD case whenever we tour because it helps us save data, you know, just like if you're getting towards the end yeah, and you like need the data for maps to get to the next venue or something, then we'll just like throw in my CDs. Dude, and that is smart. That's real smart. Yeah, Veterans on the great. road. It's an extensive range of music. It's very eclectic. It goes from, like, the Spider-Man 2 soundtrack to, like, Ryan Adams to Metallica <laughs> to, like, just weird mix CDs that I was given in high school, you know. But I bring that a lot, and I try to pick up, like, a few different CDs throughout tour to throw in there to, like, spice it up, keep it interesting. What else? Um, coffee? I don't know. I kind of need that. Yeah. Uh, Understandable. What about a like a pillow? There or, or oh yeah, <laughs> of course a pillow. Do you, do you guys bring any like gaming systems with you? Uh, Chris no. brings like his DS. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, our drummer will bring like yeah his DS. I don't think any of us bring anything else. Sometimes I'll like download games onto my phone, but I'm still like in a high or like middle school mindset where like the games I think on my iPhone are fun or like doodle jump and like cube runner <laughs> and like brick breaker kind of stuff. Um, I like to bring books. I've been reading um, Bruce Springsteen's autobiography, which has been really cool. Nice. Uh, I thought it might be fun to read on tour and just kind of like see what touring in the seventies as a rock star was like versus like touring in the two thousands as not a rock star. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, it's been like really cool uh, and a really interesting read. He's a very good storyteller. Now I feel like there is one in every band. Maybe not in your band, but I feel like there is one in every band. So, who is the dude who rips ass the most in the van? Wow. Oh, yeah, man. I'm sure you don't get at that question often, huh? That uh, man, who would that be? I don't know. Kind feel bad throwing somebody under the bus. I mean... But I also don't want to take the blame for it. There are, like, a lot of violent ones that I think go without people noticing, so I think it'd be really hard, but, like... I don't know. Maybe, like... It's possible that it's me, but, like, people don't <laughs> notice. <laughs> all right, it's all right. possible. All right, so, so okay, that maybe that one's not an easy one to answer. We don't, we don't want to embarrass anybody. Some people take pride, though. They do. You know it. Some people take pride in that. Uh, so let me ask you something similar but different. Now, when in the van, and we've talked about the music and the CDs and stuff, when in the van, 
who has the worst taste in music to play in the van? Not, not like in general, like just like shitty taste in music, but like who puts on just like the crappiest shit in the van and you're like, oh my God, change that. Um, do you hate my music selection? No. I found I no. hate my music selection. I think everyone in the band, like, really vibes with everything that we listen to. But I think sometimes, like, if we're at a show and, like, one of our friends that has, like, moved and is in that area now that we hang out with, like, if we introduce an outside specimen into the van <laughs> and they want to show us something, then, you know, I think collectively we're just like, yo, this isn't third eye blind. This is fucking whack. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'll at least have similar enough tastes that it comes together. I feel bad for like putting on Kanye West sometimes because I feel like some of the guys don't like Kanye West. But nobody's everybody's been too nice to say anything. So, you know, I, I, I feel like enough. Life Lessons is going to be a band for a long time simply because you guys are being very kind to each other. I'm, I, I don't try <laughs> to create, I don't try to create controversy in bands. Trust me, because I love bands. But yeah, I do like to kind of see some areas of dissension, and there, I, ha, I can't find any. If there are any, you're not telling me. I think Life Lessons has a lifetime of music to be had, so that's pretty cool. Hopefully. We all get along pretty well, so yeah. All things considered, I can't imagine being in a band with people I didn't like. So yeah, I've I've been there, and and then those bands don't exist anymore. So <laughs> it's the way it goes. One of the things that I think does like keep us like real tight and connected is like the way that the band came about. A lot of the way that everyone has kind of joined each other was not even because we knew each other. You know, in Oklahoma, it's just a thing that we had a passion that we wanted to play music. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different ways that people can be brought together. And, of course, music in and of itself is, is a bonding uh, kind of experience, especially when you're writing it, making it, recording it, releasing it, playing it, traveling every goddamn day for hours and hours on end. Uh, it's such a great brotherhood and sisterhood, uh, and it's one that I respect and appreciate greatly. So, let's see, what do I want to add? i got to make sure we get everything in here. What, what I'm curious about, and maybe you don't want to, you know, Say it, and that's okay. But I always am kind of curious about the set list. You, you obviously you're playing a lot of different markets. I'm sure that the set list probably probably stays the same throughout. I'm curious though, does it change ever? Like on this tour, is it the same every night? Uh, it's like changed a little bit. Like, uh. It's pretty much been like similar songs. We've got like a swing slot where we kind of just like decide what song out of like two of them that we want to play that night, kind of just judging the crowd or whatever, or like what we're in the mood to do. But the the like placement of the songs has kind of changed since we started. And typically at like, we still book off day shows, just like we're used to the t kind of like DIY grind. Yeah. And so... Uh, typically at those shows, like we might play a song that we're not playing on the tour from like one of the first two EPs or something. If someone like asks for it. Um, but mostly the set has been pretty much the same, you know, like eight songs or whatever. We play like seven a night. We've been playing four new ones and three old ones because this, this tour, you know, is introducing us to so many new people. It was kind of just like, we were confronted with, all right. Are we going to play like mainly old stuff that, you know, like the 15 or 20 kids that are going to come out and buy the ticket, like, no, or, you know, are we feeling so confident in the new music that we're just going to put our best foot forward and say, all right, like to all the new people, like, this is our band, this is what represents us. And then throw, you know, a few old ones in for the, the people that have been there at the older shows. And so that's kind of what we did is we decided that the new music is the best representation of where we are as a yeah. band and as people where we're going and so we do four new songs and we've got three old ones in there and it's been a really great balance and people have been into it and i can see uh you know the new people that have never seen us just vibing along with the new songs and it's really great to know that the set that we've got going right now is probably the best set that we could have picked all right, so we talked a lot about this current tour, this uh, this amazing tour. It's part two of Four Year Strong's 10th anniversary tour of Rise or Die Trying. There's Seaway, Like Pacific, and 
Grayscale, of course, Life Lessons. Uh, I also want to touch on here before we go into a final, hopefully fun, it's a brand new one. I teased you guys before we started recording about this, so I hope that you're excited about it. But before we yeah. get there, I want to mention Life Lessons. You got, you're busy. Uh, and not only are you on this killer tour that we just referenced, but you're also going to be playing a string of shows with real friends in November. We are. Oh, God, I am jealous. Now, be honest. Be honest here. Of all the bands that we've been talking about so far, <laughs> which is your favorite? And that includes now real friends. Uh, man, I don't know. I think, uh, damn, you, you can't make me pick. I, now, are we are we gonna, <laughs> are we gonna pick it based off of just the music, or are we picking it also just based off of like the people and like experiences we've had with those people? What I okay, good. That's a good okay. Touche. Good, good counter question. What I would like to know. Here's the thing. So many different brand, uh, brands, bands bring such great music. And I'm sure, I'm sure that you love all the bands that you're touring with and going to be touring with and whatnot. I'm talking about the music. I'm talking what band that you're having the opportunity to travel the world, country with, maybe the world soon here. Uh, what what band do you like the most? There's got to be one. There's no shame in, in having one that is more of a favorite. It doesn't mean you don't like the other ones. Probably, for me, Alex, I would probably say, uh, I don't know, Seaway. I listened to Seaway before I found the other bands, I think. Uh, but Like Pacific is a very close second. Okay, Andrew? Um, I like all of them. I like all of them a lot. Uh. I really enjoy getting, if I had to pick one, maybe like Pacific, because um, I really enjoy getting to watch them each night. Uh, but every band on this tour is like insanely good. And uh, uh, getting to watch Four Years Strong each night is a treat. Um, yeah, it's at this, uh, every band on this tour is great. So it's, it, I can't really pick one. I know it's a tough question, but you know what? That's what I get paid the, the big bucks for, guys, <laughs> <laughs> is to ask the tough motherfucking questions. So uh, give me the paycheck. Um, all right. Now, with life, uh, or I'm sorry, with this tour with real friends, what are you looking And it, Well, it's a three-day, I think, uh, like run with, with yeah, real friends. Just, uh, weekend, yeah. What, like, what are you looking forward to the most? I know it's, it's a couple dates, but what are you looking forward to the most with real friends? They, I mean, they're hot, you know? Just like, I'm really excited to meet them. I know I've met, I talked to Dan for like a real quick second. Like, we played in Chicago with Home Safe and Chase earlier this year, and Dan came up to me and, said that it was a real cool set you know with his Chicago accent and I was just like oh that's really awesome and so spending a few days with them I'm just really excited to talk to them you know just as people and I think I think when you're on tour with a band and you're another band that's like smaller it's easier to engage in them than if you had just gone to one of the shows because if you just go to a show you know I, I kind of just feel like I'm a fan when I'm at a show, but if I'm on a tour with a band, then I feel like we're kind of like equals and it's easier to talk to them. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm, I mean, we're no, in no way equals to, you know, the no, size of real not. friends, but <laughs> just in the sense that, you know, we're playing the same shows, we're doing the same thing. You're, and we peer, come you're peers at that point. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited to just, you know, talk to them about normal stuff, honestly, like video games and old emo music i'm excited for that and then the st louis show i'm really excited for because our friends in a band called welcome home are playing that as the local and they tour a lot and they're just a really super good really band. awesome band that i think they're really underrated right now but i think they'll blow up really soon but like our schedule's just like you know they'll stay with me when they're touring through oklahoma but whenever we come through st louis they're always on tour and they're not there so it's like once in a blue moon, we get to play a show with our friends. Yeah. So I'm like really excited for that. Really stoked for that, yeah. All right, um, so guys, we need to move to the final segment. I can't believe how fast this is going. It just gives the cliche that when uh, when you're having a good time, 
time flies or time flies when you're having fun, whatever the fuck it is. This is just, it's proving that right. So here is the final segment. I always try to bring in a fun final segment and I try, not always am I successful, but I try to build it around the band that I'm talking to. So this segment is called Life Advice from Life Lessons, okay? And it's going to be fun, I think. So here's what I did. I went and I found uh, this really awesome uh, like article or uh, website, and, and and basically what it is, it is it's titled "22 Hilarious Comedians Give You Some Life Advice." So I'm gonna pick a couple of these. I'm gonna tell you uh, who it is and what they said, and I just want you guys to you know give us your advice or your thoughts on that life advice. How's that sound? Yeah, good. Okay, I, I think we got it. It'll make sense once we start it. It's going to work out. I, I really believe it will. All right, so let's kick it off. This is Life Advice with Andrew and Alex from Life Lessons. Now, first up, we've got a, a quote from Stephen Colbert, and he says, Folks, oh, yeah. I don't trust children. They're here to replace <laughs> us. So what, what do you guys take of that? Yes. Uh, yeah, sure. You agree yes. with it? Yeah, I agree. Well, yes, I agree wholeheartedly with probably anything Stephen. I, I <laughs> one of my first jobs was YMCA childcare, and I took care of kids aging or ranging from like eight months to like ten years, like every night. And I, I agree one hundred percent. I feel like I'm really good with kids now, but I completely agree. <laughs> All right. So Louis C.K. said, "You don't have to be smart." to laugh at farts but you have to be stupid not to thoughts um i i can i don't think i can disprove that yeah so, i can kind of that yeah, yeah uh not bad hey you I'll, we'll, we'll get on board with that i guess I, I can't believe, and this was not intentional, but I can't believe that farts have entered this episode 104 twice now that is uh that's kind of crazy. So thank you, Louis C.K., for that life advice. Yeah, shit happens. <sighs> all right, this is a good one. This is a good one for all the young kids and young adults out there attached to their phones and their computers. This is from Will Ferrell. He's a, he's a small actor. He's not, not super well-known. He, he said, before you marry a person, you should first make them use a computer with slow internet to see who they really are. Do you think that's a true test? <laughs> yes. <clears throat> yes, I agree with that. How would think, you uh, how do you act in that scenario? Uh I'm a very patient person, thankfully, and I've been told that. I'm not just like tooting my own horn on that one. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, oh, it's being slow. And, you know, I just kind of twiddle my thumbs or like uh, grab a guitar and just like let it happen. Uh, so yeah, just, you, you know that campus Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just kind of just deal with it. Um, my data plan ran out today, so I've had slow loading pages, but it's fine, you know. All right. Not the end of the world. So you passed the test then. You, I guess you could marry Will Ferrell then. I guess we could. Yes. There we go. All right. So, Will, if you're listening, and I am so sure he is, uh, proposals are coming. So, Ellen DeGeneres said, accept who you are unless you're a serial killer. What, I mean, why can't serial killers accept who they are? I mean... Would a serial killer be stable enough to be self-aware? I don't. That, no, I mean, I mean, maybe I don't feel qualified to give life advice to serial killers. <laughs> maybe according to the hit Showtime TV series Dexter, it is important to <laughs> accept and be yourself. I don't know. I feel like yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. I guess that's that's tricky. That's out of my pay grade. I've never really experienced anything with the serial killer. Okay. Yeah. Consider yourself lucky, guys. All right, so John Stewart, I guess we're just keeping it with, uh, you know, Colbert and now Stewart. Uh, John Stewart said, you have to remember one thing about the will of the people. It wasn't that long ago that we were swept away by the Macarena. 
Yep. I I mean, yeah. is there is there a validity behind what he's saying? Absolutely. I, I think, um, you know, I, John Stewart is gospel to me in a lot of ways. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think you can look at a lot of uh, different examples and situations. Um, uh, not to name names or anything, um, but where maybe, uh, you know, the will of the people leads to some kind of uh, mistake. And that's not necessarily like, um, I'm assuming he's talking about democracy and stuff like that. And that's a, the will of the people is, you know, that's what we've decided on is important. Um, but we've also made decisions as a whole that were like harmful to others. So, uh, I think that's pretty sound. Yeah. All right. So we are going to do the last the last one here. I, I, there's a lot more I could keep going, but I'm going to do one more with the dudes from Life Lessons. This is Life Advice, and uh, what a doozy. Now, we have Patton Oswalt, who – this one – I mean, I can't wrap my, I don't understand it. I really don't. So hopefully you guys can be, you know, being life lessons. I'm hoping you guys can, can help me. So Patton said, it only takes a second to set a kid on the path to becoming a bus driver or a pimp. What the fuck does that mean? I mean, I don't know if that's just referring to... <laughs> I guess how Oswald's experience. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I guess it. I mean, I feel like that's just talking about how kids are so impressionable. I yeah. don't know. I mean, there are so many things that could like happen that set kids oh, on a path. Yeah. Like, I play music because I went to go see like the All American Rejects when I was in fourth grade, and I was like, wow, I want to play guitar. And because of that happening, I'm now on this phone call with you in Portland, Oregon, which is not Oklahoma City at all. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's, I guess it's like any one event can lead to, it can be a, like a, I guess, a formative experience for somebody who's really young. Um, yeah. So I guess I kind of see where he's coming from if there's like a, maybe a bad or like traumatic event or something or um, that could lead to somebody doing, I don't know. Uh, there's just a lot of events that kind of like make you who you are when you're a kid. Uh, so maybe that's what he means is that's just a very formative experience and every kind of one thing can lead to another. You know, I, I would say that, uh, that you have earned the life lessons band name. Not, you know, I, th I think that you've proven that, that you're able to dissect particular life lesson quotes and, uh, digest them and then, uh, explain it. So that was life advice with life lessons. Guys, what did you think? I mean, was that was that a tell me the truth? Was that a fail or was that a success? It was good. Uh, I think it was good. I don't oh. take my advice on anything, but uh, <laughs> it was cool. All right. All right. So thank you for playing along with that. Now, gentlemen, I know you've got a shit ton of stuff to do. I honestly, I really appreciate your time. I I love the band. I love the new EP. If you haven't listened to it, everybody who is listening to episode 104, if you have not listened to Best One in Motion, it dropped on September the 8th. It's honest to God. It's it's fantastic. So check it out. Now, guys, before I let you go, is there anything else you'd like to add that I may have missed or anything else you'd like to say to your fans? Uh, no, just uh, follow your dreams. <clears throat> do do whatever your heart tells you. Uh, and. Buy our music <laughs> yeah. and, and come see us on tour. Um, we'll be out for, uh, for another month or so. Lots yeah. of opportunities to do that, and I hope everybody takes advantage of it. So, Andrew, Alex, I got to talk to you off the air for just one minute. Do not hang up, but thank you. Seriously, thank you for being here for episode 104 of Spinning Thoughts. Hey, thank you yeah. for having us, Thank man. you. We appreciate it. Once again, I want to thank Andrew and Alex from Life Lessons for being with me here for episode 104 of Spinning Thoughts. Their brand new EP, Best When in Motion, dropped on September the 8th, and it is a banger. If you haven't listened to it, go and do it. The episode's about to end. You're not going to miss anything, but go and check it out. They're on tour for part two of Four Year Strong's 10th anniversary of Rise or Die Trying 
it's insane. They're going to be out until October the 20th with Seaway and Lake Pacific. So if there's still an opportunity, don't miss it. And then on November the 17th, 18th, and 19th, you can catch Life Lessons with real friends. Seriously, real friends in the Midwest. Do not miss it. While you're checking out Life Lessons, make sure you're checking us out on Twitter, at SpinThoughts. We've got a Facebook and an Instagram. Give us a like, follow, share, you know, stalk us. I really don't care. You can subscribe to the show for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and so much more. Our website is thespinningthoughts.com. Now, some really interesting and cool news. I am adding official contributors to Spinning Thoughts. I'm honest to God, so, so stoked for this. We're going to have about 10 to 12. Some are actually in bands. Some are just extremely passionate about music. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Stay tuned. We're going to announce our contributors very, very soon. And, of course, we have premiere episodes every Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. Those episodes then drop on all platforms the following Monday. So please make sure you check us out on Adobe Radio. I want to thank you all for being here. I love, love the friendships that, that seriously that we're making here. Don't ever be afraid to reach out. Say hello. Let's continue to grow together. Until next time, everybody, make sure you share music, spread love. Took a lot.